Hi, and welcome to the Combat Casuals podcast. If you're a fan of mixed martial arts and all things related, stick around. We'll be talking about past and future events, analyzing fights, and trying to provide you with the opportunity to get involved in the ultimate fighting conversation. We've been friends for too long now, and we always have the most bizarre conversations. So we thought, hey, why not make a podcast? I'm Dustin. I'm Ian. And we're the Combat Casuals. <laughs> and we're in. Fuck it! We're doing it live! We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Warning, there's foul language. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, literally <laughs> the first word we say on the new podcast yeah. is fuck. Yeah, no, um, it's not suitable for all audiences. I hope people have seen that clip of the, the crazy news anchor guy otherwise. <laughs> yeah. We'll just whoosh a lot of people. It's a really weird way to start a podcast, <laughs> just screaming, we'll do it live, no, we'll it. do it live. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are we talking about, Ian? What are we it's, doing? Well, we're, welcome to the podcast. We're talking about oh, UFC yeah, 260. And uh, we're going to mm. go from there, basically. There's a lot of news this week as well, so there's a lot going on. I think, yeah, I think we'll go from there is pretty is a <laughs> pretty relevant thing to say. I don't know how long we'll stay on topic for, but we'll try. Yeah, um, <laughs> three so hours later. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, UFC 260 is going to be on March, well, it says March 28th, technically. It's on Saturday night for everyone mm-hmm. in the UK, um, late Saturday night. It's Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou rematch for the heavyweight title. You've also got Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega, which is going to be mad. That's a crazy um, fight. That's like legitimately, I don't know who I'm calling on that one. It's tricky, man. I mean, I don't know. It, it depends if you think Volkanovski beat Holloway on. I mean, he won the first fight, but if he you definitely think he won, won the, the second one. fight. I don't yeah, but think then he won did the he, second one. It's tricky, man. Like, it's one of them things where when I first watched it, at my first glance, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, Holloway's won that. But mm-hmm. then when I looked at the stats and, you know, when I. You know, when you, you say about the judges and that, mm-hmm. I, I understood. I understood, basically, because it all came down to that third round, didn't it? Because it Holloway it's definitely won the round. first two. All of the judges yeah. agreed. Volkanovski yeah. won the last two. And then mm-hmm. that was a close round. That, that, that It's a crazy round. round. And yeah. he, I mean, to be fair to Volk, he's amazing. Like, yeah. he's an amazing fighter and also comes across as a really great guy. So it's, a, it's an interesting one with that, because I think sometimes when you go into watching a fight, you want to back somebody. Mm. With the Holloway and Volkanovski fight, I was kind of like, I like both of these guys. Like, I want Holloway to win because I really like Holloway. But um, Volkanovski comes across as a really nice guy. Too right. And that third round is super tight. Like when you're watching it, it it comes down to really fine margins. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I kind of want. I kind of want Volkanovski to win against Brian Ortega because I want. Yeah, I I like Brian Ortega too. He's a really nice guy as well. I guess that's what I'm going to be just saying. Well, nice, nice guy. Everyone's a nice guy to you, man. <laughs> He's a lovely guy. Um, but I kind of want Max to face Volkanovski again with the Max that we just saw. Yeah, like the sure. way he his boxing was insane. Unreal. Like it was unreal. It was unreal. So I want to see that. I mean, obviously Volkanovski said afterwards he was like, "Yeah, it's all well and good pulling those numbers against somebody who's not me," which I get what he's saying. But I want to see Max again against Volkanovski because that it that fight definitely was felt like in both fights Max was holding back. I feel like like Volkanovski mm. he's a great fighter, and I feel like he's like heralded as this guy with crazy one punch knockout power, but he isn't. Like when mm. you look at his record, I think he has maybe two KOs, like and like six T. You know, like it's all TKOs. It's not KOs. He does he doesn't yeah. knock people dead. Do you know what I mean? He's got submissions mm. and he's got a few TKO finishes. I don't think he has this crazy power that Max was like perhaps granting him too much credit for and he was he was kind of I, holding back. I think back. you're right, you know. You look at the, the the five fights he got recently. Decision against Max, decision against Max, decisions against uh, Aldo and then a TKO against Chad Mendes. Yeah. Another decision <clears throat> and then a TKO again. Yeah, that's the thing, man. And it's whereas, whereas I mean, it's a lot of decisions. I know, I know Holloway 
you know, he 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 often doesn't put guys away. Like he didn't put Ortega away, mm. did he? he? Just he just <laughs> schooled him, or did he? Did he finish him? Yeah, he no, schooled he... him. He finished him by by round stoppage. That's it. So that's it. it. Ended in by the Wh- end, of which is round, which is typical but, but... Holloway because he doesn't have this he doesn't have this finishing power. But the thing is, is even though they're decisions, mm. it's like they're extremely decisive, and like he puts yes. the hurt on the guys. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like Volkanovski. Just gets your standard run of the mill decision, you know. He just outworked. Yeah, I him. agree. Um, I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think he's got. A bit... I don't want to discredit him too much because he is great. Yeah, and he's the champion. But I completely get what you're saying. You know, so, Max completely schools people. So I suppose the question for this fight is: Do you think um, Ortega was just completely outclassed by Max, or do you think it was the bright lights? I think he was outclassed. I just, I really, I really do. Like when you, I think it's a really weird one. I get why they're putting him against Volk because, like. The division, I'm not saying it's a thin division. There's a lot of amazing names mm. in there. But Volkanovski's beaten a lot of people coming on, on his way up. So yeah. a, a big name that he's not beaten is Brian Ortega. But Brian Ortega's only had one fight since Max Holloway, which was obviously the Korean Zombie. And it's a good yeah. fight. He looked great in that fight. But I don't think he's done enough to adjust from Max Holloway because I don't think it was the bright lights. I think he got schooled. Like Just, just got beaten, yeah. Oh, man. I, I watched back that fight the other day and he got... Mate, he got so decimated by Max. Like he did, mate. It was it was it was not nice. To, like I wanted Max to win. I like I like T City, but I I did want Max to win. But I didn't enjoy watching it. By the end, I was no. just like, someone no. stop the fight, Matt. Like it just it, it just <laughs> yeah. looked really unfair. It just looked like an unfair really fight did. that needed stopping. I don't know. Maybe I you know Ortega is a great fighter, and they say styles make fights, don't they? So just because you mm. know Max schooled him and Max lost to Volkanovski doesn't mean anything. Like um, everyone no. knows that MMA math doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and Brian Ortega, yeah. like even though I think he did get schooled, his list <coughs> of wins and the way he's won is crazy. Like yeah. that that submission he did on Cub Swanson in the yeah. standing guillotine um, is yeah. crazy. Like the it way he it. just switches it to make it even tighter as they're hanging there is crazy. Like, may- and maybe he can do that. I think a big factor of that fight with Max is they're both two very tall guys for that division. Yeah. And and they're very long and rangy. And mm. perhaps Ortega just couldn't get used to the fact that he was fighting somebody who was happy to sit just outside the pocket Definitely. area where he can clinch and yeah. take him down. So maybe with a, where... yeah, with a smaller guy. He might... the, the funny thing about Volkanovski, though, is even though he's uh, significantly shorter, he's got yeah, long reach, man. Reach. He's got mad re- crazy Because uh, I saw in the stats, he's, he had longer reach than Holloway in their fight, didn't mm. he? Um, it's harder to guy, punch up, though, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, As man. somebody who doesn't do much striking, I'm like, it is but, harder to punch. I mean, up, Ortega right? doesn't have many striking finishes. You know, he's he's, he's a grappler. We no. know. He's just, uh, but like, I don't know. How's he gonna? How's I mean, he gonna he solve that? Out. I don't know if he's gonna be able to get Volkanovski down. That's true. Um, I mean, the way he knocked out Frankie Edgar, brutal. Yeah, that was. But I mean, as much as I love Frankie, it's like, come on, Frankie, like, stop. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably time for him to... Just stop, man. Yeah. It's just I mean... not nice anymore. Like, it's just not nice to watch. Like, God. when you get guys... Like, for He's... example, like, loads of people were saying, oh, Anderson Silva, you need to quit. But it's like, well, hang on. He, you know, he beat... He managed to beat Nick Diaz on decision. He had a great fight with Adesanya. It was a really close mm-hmm. fight, really good fight. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. all of his fights post-Wideman have still been good fights, even if he loses. It's not like he's passed it. But Edgar is just getting... I think he's getting thrown about now. Um... I mean, that knockout the other week... Um... Was it San Hager who knocked him out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, oh, so uncomfortable God. to watch now. It's just like, because I, I don't know, how old is Frankie Edgar? I know he's not he particularly old. But 39. He's 39. He's 39. But in fight years, like yeah. in, in mileage, in mileage being punches to the face, 
He's got yeah. a lot of miles on him. He's got a lot. Yeah. I mean, 39's old, man. Like, I don't, well, not old. But yeah, that's, that sounds hard. But yeah, for, yeah. for anyone less familiar, like you, you really do not tend to see fighters past their 40. No. You know what I mean? That, because of the amount of, as you said, the amount of mileage you get by yeah. 39. I, it's, and Frankie's also from an era where I still think it was a bit more like boxers coming in. It wasn't like an all-round mixed martial yeah, artist. Yeah, too right. It was still yeah. this man's a boxer, this man's a jiu-jitsu fighter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and yeah, I feel bad for Frankie because I I do really like him, and he's one of the best. I mean, he's defended the lightweight belt equal to everybody else. That's the thing is, it shouldn't it. be the case, and it sounds really sad, but like he's kind of tarnishing his record. Like every he mm. he was like one of the greatest of all, well maybe not the greatest of all time, but one of the greatest lightweights of all time, perhaps the greatest. Yeah, definitely. And he's definitely tarnishing that record now. Do you know what I mean? Because people, yeah, th- there's that saying, isn't there, that you're only as good as your last fight, which obviously just yeah. means like contemporarily, like, you know, how good is the yeah. fighter now? You're only as good as the last fight, but it's true in terms of remembering someone as well. When people, yeah, no, it is, man. especially for new fans, like, I mean, I could mm-hmm. go on forever about new fans since Conor McGregor and what, Darren Till and whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of all of them, but um, they won't know the old Frankie. No. They'll just come in and be no. like, oh, who's this geezer who's just getting knocked out for fun? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's no, painful definitely. to see. Like, you want them to know well, who he was. This is the discussion you have a lot of the time of who's... I, w- I was having this discussion the other day of who is like the best of the champions. Like, <clears throat> who's the greatest champions of all time? Yeah. And with, with respect to who I was talking to, I understood what they were saying, but they didn't have Anderson Silva as high as I had Anderson yep. Silva because Anderson has his, I know you're saying, you know, he still looked good in his fights, but he's still fought on longer than you'd expect like a champion to, I Definitely. guess. And you compare his end to say GSP, it's it's just polar opposites. And I guess when you think of those, the greatest of all time of champions, your head tends to lean to the ones who ended their career in like a really amazing way or are still yeah, going. Yeah, went out on so a high rather in my than, head, yeah. Yeah, so in my head, obviously GSP, but then you've got Demetrius Johnson who's still fighting in one Doing and still really looks well, great. Yeah. yeah, so in my head, I'm always thinking about those sort of people. And you're right, you do tarnish your your legacy a bit being doing that, you know, and it is a shame, it is a shame. And you, I, I do feel with Frankie... And definitely, to a lesser extent, Anderson Silva, but definitely Frankie, him carrying on has definitely tarnished that. Definitely. Well, well, the thing, but, well, the um, thing with Anderson as well that makes a difference is like of um, his just his fight style is a young man's fighting style. Um, every, everything he yeah, does definitely. that he's good he's at, speed, yeah, speed and reaction time and explosiveness, and that, that's mm-hmm. all stuff that you lose as you get older. Whereas you know, like a wrestler, like like Dan Henderson, for example, Dan mm-hmm. Henderson. Obviously, yeah, he's, power, yeah, he's got it? good striking, but it's, it's slower and it's powerful more so than um, more so than being fast. Mm. And you know, he he managed to beat well, Shogun when he was like forty three or however old he was. But he's mostly a wrestler. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So his style translates well to being older. Yo, Romero doesn't throw many punches yeah. when he does their bombs, and he's a great wrestler. That's that's fine to to be doing yeah. that in your forties, but you can't be Anderson Silva and be in your forties. So the fact that he was no. still like. Adesanya had a well hard time with like a 44 or 5 year old Anderson Silva it's like how good does that make Anderson Silva look do you know what I mean I think people don't understand that yeah, no, people like true. to say oh it was the passing yeah, of no, the torch and sorry sorry Izzy but I, I just don't think Israel Adesanya is anywhere near Anderson Silva's level I don't think it's comparable yeah not not when they're in their peaks no not well. in their primes yeah, obviously yeah obviously Izzy beat him no, do you know yeah. what I mean but in their primes I don't think it's yeah. a I don't think it's a question well it's an interesting it's an interesting one that because the next fight on the card is perhaps a fighter who people are kind of 
I, d- I, d- I hate to use the term perhaps vultures lingering around to to look at somebody it's retiring, true, but Tyron yeah. Woodley. Tyron Woodley versus Vinice Luque. Can't say that name. <laughs> Vicente, or Vicente? Vicente? Vicente Luque, yeah. yeah, you're right. Mate, he's a killer. That. He's a killer. Like, he's a killer. Th- th- this Mate. is one of the dangerous things, right? Th- this is the same as the Leon Edwards debate, right? Is like everyone knows mm-hmm. Woodley. Woodley has everything to lose here. Like everything to lose. Yeah. Like he Woodley wants to be having a title shot again, do you know what I mean? And having another crack. He's ranked number seven. Yeah. And he's fighting like yeah. Any you know MMA fans know who Luke is, but you, 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 your casual <laughs> your casual fan um, doesn't know mm. who this guy is. And if Woodley loses, mm-hmm. you know what I mean I, I don't know where that's going to place him in the rankings, but that might be him done. Well, I think this is I think the way you've phrased that is that like the casuals won't know him as well, but people the casuals will know of, of course. Tyron Woodley yeah, because he's champion. And this feels like more not that I'm saying the UFC are doing this because they want um, um, Woodley to lose, but. If uh, Luke beats Woodley, man, that's a that's a platform for him. Yeah, to keep it's, it's Woodley's like last platform. chance uh, to stay in the game, isn't it? Like to stay in to stay as yeah. one of the top guys. Like if he loses this, he's got some real work to do to like get back to the top, big time, um, big time. It's 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 which is it's sad because he was he was a good champion and you know he's beat some of the best guys. Um, like the way he just like handled Robbie Lawler, that was madness. Madness. It's a weird one with Woodley though because I think he had some really great performances like with Darren Till. Um, yeah, that was that was amazing. Amazing. Every, everyone was writing him off, weren't they? Everyone yeah. was saying he had no chance. He was too small. He was, yeah, yeah. But then Damian Meyer, less so. Not a great fight. That was no, a, that was a really slow. I think that's the problem, perhaps, with Woodley and why his his star wasn't as big as it maybe should have been when he was knocking people out left, right, and center. Like his mm. knockout of um, what's his name, um, blonde curly hair, yeah, that's it, Koscheck. The way he knocked out Koscheck. <laughs> you used to hate Josh Koscheck. Yeah, I mean, I still do. I don't like that guy. <laughs> Why, man? It's so funny. Oh, I think oh, it was because I loved GSP do you remember? so much. Remember when we GSP used to play so UFC Undisputed 3? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I, I I'd just, I'd just be Koscheck. Koscheck. Why, man? I'd just be Koscheck to piss you off, and you'd be GSP. And any time <laughs> I managed to do you over as Koscheck, you'd get angry like it was happening for real. It was yeah. so funny, man. Nah, man. Oh. I just, I genuinely, I mean, I still, I think Koscheck's one of those guys who very much, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Conor McGregor. I'm not the biggest fan nope. of that sort of trash talking. Me and I think on top of that, I think he's not just a trash talker, like cringy, <clears throat> like he's almost like Henry Cejudo's trash talking where it's cringy oh, it's and you're not very good at it. They're not good at it, and you're like, "Oh God, this is just..." Awful. I can't listen this to Henry Cejudo, so... man. Like, I, I, it still <sighs> blows my mind that he has fans. Like, that you get like, <laughs> it'll be on a meme about how cringy he's being, and people are just like, "Oh, you're just gen- like jealous of the triple champ and whatever." And I'm like, "Oh my God, please stop!" I'm, I'm really it not, does my head I'm in, really man. Not. Like, just a shame. It's because he is really good. Yeah, he's he is really good. good. But right, he but he didn't God. win that fight with Mighty Mouse. That still winds me up. Mighty Mouse's last fight yeah. before he left, I was that wound yeah. me up. And and I don't think Mighty Mouse would have left. Right, if mm. I don't know, I'm not. I'm not usually one for conspiracy theories, but it is very convenient that Mighty Mouse definitely didn't lose that fight, and then as soon as that fight was over, they traded him with one. Well, yeah, it's like I think they just want they just wanted the flyweight division to be exciting because it's not exciting when you've got a champion who's just rinsing. Yeah, true, everybody. and I think it's also I, I I don't think it's conspiracy. I think it is just genuinely like the UFC probably just didn't. They don't get on. Wanted, yeah, they him. don't get on the UFC no. in there, and Uncle yeah, Dana wanted they, wanted they him didn't gone. get on with each other there was a lot of like issues there and 
you know, you in your head, you think trilogy fight because Mighty Mouse finished him in their first fight. Then that went to a decision. In your head, when you've got something like that, you go trilogy fight, and that's a lot of money. But I think they just were like, no, we're I'm we're done with um, the Demetrius Johnson, which it's a shame. But I just when Dana White doesn't get on with a fighter, that fighter doesn't get pushed. It's just how it works. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it is last last chance with Tyron Woodley. I really do, and yeah. I think it's it's going to be it's going to be a real shame. But I actually think Luke is going to win that fight. I th- I think he might, mate. I think he might. Yeah. It's definitely worth definitely worth the money anyway. Um, I'm not yeah. sure. Hang on, I've I've got <laughs> I've got a bet three six five open as well, so I can oh, see. You? Yeah, so I can <laughs> to look, get the betting favorite, so that I can look at the odds. Yeah, um, mate, Tyron Woodley is a massive underdog in that fight. Uh, bet three six five has got shocked. it nine nine to four for Woodley and four eleven for mate. I mean, if you if you think Woodley can do it, that's not a bad bet. But yeah, I don't mate, think he can. I think Luke great bet. Good. Don't count out Woodley. Yeah. I, you know I mean, I'll definitely put my money on Woodley there. Um, Mm-hmm. The other thing that is absolute Definitely. madness, I think, is that um, Stipe is the underdog against Ngannou when he's already beaten him once. You on, yeah. on bet three six five? He's the is that the uh, Vegas no? It won't be the Vegas well. odds. No, I don't know what the Vegas odds are. I'm we we kind of skipped the. Main oh, we'll event circle around. I feel like that's a big <laughs> we'll one that we'll come back to. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, I yeah. felt we were going to circle yeah. back to that. That is insane. We'll finish the we'll finish the rest of the main card, but that. That just shocks me massively. I know, mate. I know. It it, it kind of wound me up. I mean, it made me happy because I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I'll get more money when Stipe wins. Mm. But um, I don't know. Um, what, what you were saying about um, Dana obviously having his favourites and pushing yeah. them. I was literally having this discussion with one of my clients, um, well, yesterday and earlier today. Yeah. Um, we were talking about how obviously the UFC is becoming more like WWE. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about who the UFC wants to be the champion mm-hmm. or wants to be in the top. Mm-hmm. And also like who shouts the loudest mm-hmm. and how much we hate it. And I was saying, I think it's fantastic that Michael Chandler is is doing so well in the UFC. He's, mm. he's, well, I mean, he's only had one fight, but look, you know, he's, he's done really well in his fight. And now he's fighting a guy who most people think should be fighting for the title um, in Charles Oliveira. I love Charles Oliveira, but I want Michael Chandler to win just because I want it to legitimize Bellator. At the moment, there's so many mm. fans who think UFC's number one and then Bellator and one championship are just full of a bunch of not quite good enough to be in the UFC. And yeah. that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Um, and I want, I want that. Michael Chandler to prove that there's fucking killers in Bellator, man. If yeah. Michael Chandler can come through, you know, maybe not become the champion, but clean out a good, you know, I mean, he just, what, what was Dan Hooker? Was he was he number six or number five? Um, maybe fifth or sixth. Fifth, yeah. yeah. He was ranked high. Mate, he looked like he'd never fought in a day in his life. Um, yeah, Michael Chandler was cool. He, he pressured him. Hooker, Hooker honestly, looked, looked scared. He looked scared of him. He was yeah. backing off and just... Big shot, lights out, mate. It was so impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I like Oliveira and think Oliveira's got a very good chance of winning that fight, I'd like Chandler to win just because, yeah, I, I just want Bellator guys to do well in the UFC just to prove that this this UFC monopoly on, on MMA is what's allowing mm-hmm. them to pick and choose which fighters are successful. And, you know, the, the whole thing where they get to say, this guy's the best in the whole world and we ma- we we mm-hmm. made it that way because we cleared the path to the championship for him. Now, nah, bollocks. I, I, I'm hoping that there'll come a day where it's like, well, no, that guy's the UFC champion, but we don't know who the, the best in the world is because there's there's Bellator, there's there's one, there's uh, Rising, there's KSW, there's, you know, K, uh, Cage Warriors, there's all... You know I mean, uh, that's what I want. That's what I like. I, I, I agree. I think Monopoly's dangerous. You have... I actually um, would, because it's for the new strap, it's for the new lightweight champion. 
Yeah. Uh, apparently, actually, does want Charles Oliveira to win. Wait, um, the Oliveira Chandler fight is for the yep, champion. Khabib, Khabib is, is officially no longer champion. Well, I knew I knew Khabib was officially had been removed, but I didn't know that this fight was to determine the new yep, champion. It's Mate, for the new champion, right? As much as I think they're both deserving, you know, and I'm happy for both of them. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening to Poirier? Why is he's po- fighting? Well, he's apparently what's in the works, but it keeps getting delayed. Is him versus McGregor three? I mean, I heard that he was going to fight McGregor again, but as much as I never wanted McGregor to be champion, because I don't think he earned it, Poirier has earned it more than anyone, man. Um, that doesn't make sense. Other than Khabib, he was the last person to hold a belt of any kind. He had the interim, didn't he? Uh, Justin Gagey was. Oh, did Gagey get an in- Sorry, I thought... Interim Poirier, belt. Did Poirier yeah, get an interim and then unified them with Khabib, didn't he? Uh, Poirier had a belt. He tried to unify with that's Khabib, it. then Khabib uh, submitted him. Yeah, 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 that's right. And, and then, so how did Gagey come about getting a belt? Just due to so inactivity was from meant... Khabib? No, 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 no. no. It was meant to be Tony Ferguson versus Khabib, but due to COVID destroying everything, <laughs> um, we lost that fight one last time, and it became Justin Gagey versus that's Tony right. Ferguson that's... Uh, for the interim yeah. belt. And Gagey... Mate, that was, that was fantastic. That was an amazing fight. One of the best performances in terms of like short notice as well, I guess. Well, like and just in terms in. of shock, like I don't think anyone gave Justin a chance in that fight. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't. I I know that sounds bad, but I knew Justin Gagey was good. But I was like, it's going to be Tony Ferguson because Tony Ferguson was on this crazy run. Yeah, he. Well, they were saying he was the only the one who was going to beat Khabib. Yeah, He's the only the one. Out the whole roster, only Tony Ferguson can beat Khabib, and then. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, Oliveira no. oh, and man. Justin Gagey got in the way. But I, I gave Justin Gagey a chance. Like I gave him a puncher's chance. Like if he could just land one bomb, mate, he just he just outclassed him. He was just a better fighter. Yeah. Which and I was so yeah, shocked, 100%. man. E- and I was equally as shocked as Oliveira Ferguson. He he was just a better fighter. He didn't man, get a lucky shot in there or anything. Just better. So do you think that's a result of Ferguson having slipped a little bit, or do you think that's just these two fighters figured him out? Honestly, don't know. Um, it's a really good question. It seems convenient that he's just suddenly not as good. I think there's two things there. I think there's always this. I get why. So I get why that Chandler and Oliveira is going to be for the belt because I, I know mm. you're right. You know, Dustin Poirier just beat Conor McGregor outstandingly. Avenged that loss. Looked amazing. He's looked amazing. He beat Hooker too. He's he's such a good fighter, and in my opinion, he's probably the best lightweight fighter other than Khabib in the world. But I get mm. why they're doing Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler because there's something GSP said on I think it was uh, Ariel Hawani's podcast where the UFC don't want Khabib to retire because they want somebody to beat him. They want somebody to be legitimately the champion. Too right. Otherwise, otherwise the division is just it's hollow. The victory is hollow, exactly. isn't it? So these two guys are two guys haven't who Khabib. haven't fought Khabib. So both yeah, of them can legitimately clever. say, "I could beat Khabib." Because neither of them have fought him. We don't yep. know. Now, I, personally, I don't think either of them can. I don't know, though. You never know. And they can make that argument. And I think that kind of links back to why they lost, uh, why Tony Ferguson lost to both Justin Gagey and Charles Oliveira. Yeah. With Khabib as champion, the division had to get better. People yeah. have to rise up to the level of the champion. Too right. And I think Charles Oliveira is a guy who's been in that division for a long time and in the featherweight division as well. You know, he fought Max Holloway. Yeah, man, um, man. he's just come out of nowhere, isn't he? Crazy. Well, not out of nowhere. He's just came from the back. He was a dark he's horse. Come from he the just back. the back he's somewhere and then hard. boom, beat Tony Ferguson. <laughs> exactly. The way you've put that, he's come from like the back. He's worked really hard to get to where he is. Right. And each fight that he's won and lost, I think he's dramatically improved. 
Yeah. And I think he's getting to the level of somebody like Khabib. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as Khabib, but I feel like he's reaching to that level. And I really. If he fights like he fought against Tony, that's that's a hard man to beat. Do you know what I mean? Everything was perfect. His striking was perfect. His distancing was perfect. His grappling was perfect. That is is a hard man to beat. Going back to what you said about. um, I hadn't thought about that, but that's obviously perfect. What you've explained is neither of them have fought Khabib, so either of them would be the perfect candidate for championship in the UFC. Because yeah. it isn't nice. It does feel hollow. Like, like yeah. with Jan, right? I love Jan Blahovic, but I would have loved for him to have beat John Jones. Because at the moment, yeah, it's it like, would he have beat John Jones? It's annoying. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. I know they haven't fought, but it does leave it a bit hollow. Um, but mm-hmm. it is better than, say, you know, um, Reyes having already yeah. lost... I mean, first of all, I don't think Reyes lost to Jones. I've watched that fight. No, and he, won. he He won. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. He won. But he's yeah. lost to Jones. <laughs> so if he became champion, it's kind of like, oh, for God's sake, do you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the main guy's I missing. I um, so that's really good. Uh, what you were saying it's about... the same thing with, like... Uh, sorry, it's the same okay. thing with the weight division. You know, when you had Hendricks versus uh, Robbie Lawler after GSP. I know everybody was like, oh, Hendricks won against GSP. Yeah. I didn't think he did. Different conversation, yeah. though. <laughs> But because Hendricks won after being beaten by GSP, it kind of was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's not really the champion in a way yeah. because he's already he's lost, already lost to the I mean? guy who just, he, he gave it to you, essentially. He just stepped back and said, yeah. go on then, little, and you have it. Yeah. Yeah, you can go for yeah. it. But um, what, what I was saying about um, Oliveira and Chandler, you said, obviously, they, they could each claim they could beat Khabib and you don't think so. Yeah. I'm not saying either of them would beat Khabib because I think, you know, I'm not even Khabib's biggest fan. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of guys who are like mental for him. I, th- I think he's a cool guy. Do you know what I mean? And he's awesome to watch. Um, he's good fire. But I think out of everyone in the lightweight division, Michael Chandler would be Khabib's biggest problem. I'm not saying he'd beat him. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying he's the biggest problem. If, if no one's watched yeah. Michael Chandler, just go to his Instagram. Um, Michael Chandler. He's just, very uh, good. Insane, he's mate. Good. He's impossible to hold down. Like he just—he's never on his yep. back. He's so hard to get on the ground. And Super whilst fast. his striking isn't the best in the UFC, it's better than Khabib's, which isn't too hard. Khabib's striking isn't fantastic, but Khabib manages to to do well with his striking just because of the fear of the takedown. Right? Guys are yeah. He's very yeah. Guys very are so afraid of the takedown. Their hands are low and they they get clipped. But I don't think Michael Chandler would have been afraid as afraid of the takedown. I, f- I think he would have kind of like welcomed yes. the challenge, kept his hands up, been able to box on the feet, and also mm-hmm. been able to give Khabib a really, really good challenge at trying to keep him down on the ground. So, I don't know, of, of all of that roster in the lightweight division, it's a real shame, I think, that we didn't get to see Michael Chandler versus Khabib. Also, look I, at Chandler's physicality. Agree. Khabib is a strong dude who can yeah. hold people down and maul them. Chandler is a, is a strong mm-hmm. dude, man. Like, as a lightweight, he's a big yeah. dude. When we saw him versus Hooker, I couldn't believe they were the mm-hmm. same weight. Michael Chandler looks, you no. know, like a powerlifter. He's just he's a strong dude, man. Like, he's a big guy. I completely agree. And I, I would go a step further and also say, and this is why they're doing this fight, because it, it gives people like us and the fans a legitimate discussion to be like, oh, would Michael Definitely. Chandler beat Definitely. Khabib? Like, or Oliveira. Oliveira. I, would make I think a, people, they were I saying about, about say, I would make Ferguson. a really good argument for Oliveira. Yeah, because for Ferguson, they were, you know, they were saying, oh, but yeah, but Darson, guillotine, he's going to catch him. Oliveira has probably got the best guillotine in UFC. Yeah. Or I in MMA. So. Do you know what I mean? I oh, my so. God, man. He's an amazing submission artist. So I think so. Maybe, I man. Think yeah, there's a definite case for that. 100%. I think he's honestly, in my opinion, and it is obviously how much I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu and love watching that, I I really do think Oliveira 
And this is, I mean, we're doing exactly what the UFC wants. We're hypothetically talking about them beating Khabib. <laughs> we're I fallen think, victim to the system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Oliveira is, again, the two guys in that fight are the biggest challenges to Khabib. Because you've yeah. got two guys who are insanely good at grappling. And they're yeah. not just two guys who are insanely good at grappling. Like, to be fair to Justin Gagey, amazing grappler. But would you say that's what he's known for? No, he's known for striking. No, of course. Same yeah. with same with uh, Dustin Poirier. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's amazing. He never gets to see it, though, yeah. He just loves he's to stand and bang, He's not a jiu guy, you know? Yeah, stand exactly. Charles Oliveira is a guy who wants to be on the ground with somebody. And Michael Chandler is a guy who's happy to go to the ground with somebody. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to see. And it is a real shame that we're not going to see Khabib, or at least at the moment, we're not going to see Khabib go against those two guys, you know? And and it is something that I'm like, I get why they've done that fight as exactly what I was saying, because we can do this. We can hypothesize over, would they beat him? You know, yeah. could they beat Khabib? Too right, man. And I, I agree. I think those two are some of the biggest, biggest challenges to Khabib. In, in the UFC, Michael Chandler in particular. But I get what you're yeah. saying as well with the Bellator thing. I do want that to happen as well. Obviously, hopefully we'll follow more Bellator events on here because they're moving to uh, BBC, which is amazing. Mate, you can watch I'm it so free, which that. is huge. That's huge. You know, their fights will hopefully be on at better times as well. Yeah, man, I think I think we'll be <laughs> definitely shifting from talking about UFC to talking a lot more about Bellator once it's on BBC. I mean, there's amazing fights in Bellator. I mean, we've seen Bellator live and it was amazing. It was like, so it was much better. Fantastic. Like as a show, as a spectacle, oh my god, how much better was Bellator live than UFC it was amazing. live? It was, it was amazing, incomparable, and, and the amount of people we met. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. crazy. Jimmy Manua, Hoist Gracie, Alima Lee, that was mad. Yeah, Alima Lee, that was mad. Yeah, amazing. Anyway, amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> we've gone, we've gone well away from yeah. UFC two six. Dude, I was so starstruck <laughs> next... when we met Hoist Gracie. I like, I just couldn't believe it. I was looking I know, at him man. and I was just like, I didn't actually think you were a real person. <laughs> I was like, that was mad, I... man. I know, I know, man. I know. In the, so, in the presence of greatness. I know. It was so good. It was amazing. But the uh, the rest of the cards are a really good one with, I guess, this fight for me, the next one is one that I'm like, it's two really big up-and-comers in that division, one of which I'm not too fond of, which is Sean O'Malley. Huh. Ones who's drastically overhyped yeah. and one of which is just never spoken yeah. about. Yeah, completely. So Sean O'Malley, if you're looking at the, uh, if you're looking at the card conveniently looks like a clown <laughs> and i do think he is somewhat the clown of the ufc he, i the just fact think he like keeps saying he's undefeated still i'm like what are you talking oh, about oh it's hilarious man about? he's hilarious <laughs> it's embarrassing like i don't know i do think he's a clown like and um i don't know i'm sure he's a lovely guy but like i don't understand the hype with it is it like just because snoop dogg said he was cool yeah like, I, that's I, it <laughs> do you know what i mean now he's a cool I, maybe reason. and like, i think perhaps like his post-fight interview with joe rogan where he was on the floor and he was like i love you joe rogan you're the best and i feel like a lot of people got behind that um i'm sure as, a, as you say i'm sure he's a really nice guy i don't really like his attitude where he's like i'm still undefeated because i do really like where people like man. dan hardy um, was saying that he likes to see somebody with a loss because then it shows that they've like learned and changed and developed. And I think sure, I think yeah. if you're ignoring that you lost that fight, you're actually losing the potential to learn from that loss. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like he's going into this fight with Thomas Almeida, who, I mean, Thomas Almeida's not had a good run recently, so he's going to be looking for this win. Otherwise, I think that's it for Thomas Almeida in the UFC. And I mm. think he's going to come out there hungry to show that he's still a talent and somebody who really wants to still be considered an up-and-comer. Because after his loss to Cody Garbrandt, 
which was insane. I since then he's been so middling to bad that I think he's going to come mm. out there hungry, and I actually do think there's going to be a shock. I hope so, man. I hope so because like he's one of them where you know w- w- when he was on his winning streak, man, he looked so good. I was like, this guy's coming. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to be in the top five easy, and then I, th- I think he's one of them who just takes the loss way to heart. Yeah. Like, like you know when you know when Ngannou lost to Stipe, and then he had that fight with Derek Lewis, and oh, he just didn't move. A- it was almost like he was so terrified <laughs> yeah. to get tired, or I don't know, I don't know what it was. Uh, it just it ruined him, even though it wasn't of- like a heavy loss. It just ruined. Yeah, him. that fight is maybe the perfect storm of like a bad, uh, uh, on paper, a great matchup, but a bad one in practice because you had. Ngannou, who psychologically was broken by Stipe. Yeah. And then Derek Lewis was nursing a really bad injury as well, so he didn't feel comfortable yeah. to swing uh, as hard as he would. And then they're both... Well, guys. I mean, Derek Lewis don't swing often anyway, does he? Yeah. He only throws a few big bombs and it only takes one. And he's, he's more somebody who wants you to come in. So in, in... He wants you to get tired. He wants you to get complacent, yeah. is what it seems like he wants. All of Derek Lewis's fights is just him... You, you know that episode of The Simpsons when Homer is just a boxer yeah. and he's just getting <laughs> done in? But but because he's got... What what is the reason? It's because he's got skull. so much fat his around his head, or something like that. Or his skull's too thick, or <laughs> so he just never gets knocked out and he dinks him over. Mate, that's Derek Lewis, man. He just like with that fight with Volkov and that. He's just losing the whole fight. He's just getting smashed around, yeah. and he, it doesn't look like he's got anything. You're like, and oh, this bang. is an absolute washout. You almost stop watching and then bang. clip. It's like, ah. Oh. I mean, his <laughs> I like, knockout. Mate, I like Derek. I really I like, like Derek Lewis. Lewis. I really like. He's him. a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Watching him is so frustrating. Yeah, it's like. You're not good. Like you're just good at this one thing. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, mean, I did oh, think this. Pe- people are putting him back in the title can picture, uh, which I get because the heavyweight division is not stacked. But his his knockout of Curtis Blades, great knockout, insane Mad, knockout. It didn't but, look like he hit him very hard. I mean, it, I mean, he he fucking did. But it, it, it reminded me it of. It reminded me when Rumble knocked out um, Teixeira. Teixeira, yeah. I said that. I said that. It was like a short uppercut, yeah. and Teixeira didn't really move. Like his head didn't move. Yeah. He just like went like bink on his chin, and yeah. then he just and he went, went down. <laughs> gone. And <laughs> it was exactly like that. I think it's also because of the way both of those fights are similar in the sense of how they got knocked out, because both of them were entering for like a sort of clumsy takedown. Yeah. And the momentum of their head coming down for getting in a safe position, so like just opened up a huge hole where you could have that uppercut just land. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, perfectly timed from Derek Lewis, perfectly timed, but I completely agree with you. I think if he fought Stipe, I just don't think there would even be a contest there really, which yeah. I guess loops us to Stipe versus Ngannou. Yeah. I, yeah Stipe right. Ngannou to Electric Boogaloo. It. Electric Boogaloo. I love it. It's being called Electric Boogaloo, man. <laughs> yeah. But still, to me, that is still just always sunny. Like, what did you, you said it was from a movie or it's something? It's from a film called Breaking It. Breaking, Breaking It, it. Too, which is from like the uh, late 80s, I think. And it's uh, a sort of step up dance film, which is hilarious. Fantastic. I love watching it. I mean, Electric Boogaloo, it does sound like that. <laughs> it's not good. I, I love watching bad films, but uh, if you if you're not into that hobby i guess don't watch it it's a waste of time <laughs> okie dokie but, i like how you um, just self-declare it you're like i love it but it is terrible <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not gonna try and convince people it's a good film it's not <laughs> so, please can you just try and briefly explain how how do you enjoy it if you know it's terrible like what are you gaining from watching it if oh, you comedy, agree comedy. that it's horrific oh it's so comedy. you just watch it's it funny. it's not a comedy but it is because it's, yeah, right. yeah. So okay. like, uh, I, I love watching films like that, like films like The Room 
or um, what's the room? Plan Nine. Is it about a room? The room is like. Well, oh man, this is a complete tangent. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> is it about a room? Um, oh, so the room, kind of. The room is a cult film that was made by this guy called Tommy Wiseau, where we don't really know where he came from. Really, he just kind of made this film on a very low budget, and he made it with all sincerity. He really wanted to make this amazing film. And it's just a train wreck. Like everything, really? the acting's terrible. the The set is awful for some reason. The paintings or the photographs in the in the set are all of cutlery, and I don't know oh. why. Like it's okay. so strange. Um, it became such a cult film that you can actually go see it in cinema when they're open in the Prince Charles Cinema and meet Fantastic. Tommy Wiseau. And I don't think it, it would be that. It was surreal, man. It It's amazing. I totally re- recommend watching it. It is a cult funny film, which they also okay. did. The Room. Okay. They did a film with James Franco called Disaster Artist, which is about... He's a weird geezer, though, isn't he? He is a weird guy. Let's... He's a weird geezer. <laughs> it's, uh, there's a lot of uh, him messaging underage girls. That's not. I feel like Max Holloway is slowly starting to look like... James Franco with like the little moustache and well, just the way he had like when he was in that Volkanovski fight the way he had his like his hair all kind of swept over and his little moustache I was like what are you doing you're trying to be like a weird arty guy I, don't <laughs> I, do, I, I don't see James Franco I'll have to compare them I'll have to do that yeah I'll, I'll send you that I'll, I'll, <laughs> I think you'll see it when I when I show you it you'll see it um so who do you think um, whilst whilst we're on movies anyway oh yeah um What's the what's the other podcast you've been on in the UK? Oh yeah, UK, UK film. yeah. Thanks, man, for dropping that in. That's uh, I'm on the UK Film Review podcast. Um, we did one very short. I actually thought it was a sound test, so it's not the. <laughs> That's I didn't... why it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, just before you listen to it, it's one of the worst things you'll ever hear. No, um, <laughs> it, I I didn't realize we were right recording it for serious because we had quite a lot of issues doing our first recording, so it was more of a sound test, and it worked. Um, and I didn't realize Chris guy who runs it was going to put it out but we put it out it's a small review of knives out which is a great film um and then we're doing another podcast tomorrow which is going to be on christopher nolan nice. uh, and his films uh so you can find that on spotify uh uk film review podcast uk film review podcast didn't didn't you yeah. you were telling me you filmed that film sorry you, you went to record the first one and didn't you talk for like yeah. over an hour and just did not record yeah. anything <laughs> it didn't record anything Christ. and i i was gutted i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i was really <laughs> and the weird thing is we're going back to do the same podcast so i'm not sure how that's going to work it's either going to be a little wooden or it's yeah. going to feel perhaps a bit easier to talk about because we've we've already met each yeah. other and talked about this subject so we'll see how it goes it's it's definitely something uh uh to enjoy it's more fun than anything else yeah. uh kind of like this this is a fun look at mm. mixed martial arts that's just a fun conversation i'm not having fun <laughs> <laughs> you're you're actually yeah. sat there like god this well, is whilst it's awful. <laughs> whilst it's on topic um i'll do a quick little plug for my friend george um i was on his podcast it's called step out you can find it on spotify mm-hmm. um he doesn't have like a specific like genre or theme he just talks to different interesting people um i guess it's just about life like he's, he had one that was good on there about um starting uh, he had a friend on there who was starting his own new business i did one with him about just health and fitness and how that has been affected by lockdown and whatever. Uh, it was a really good one. I listened to that. Oh, it really helped. Thank you, mate. Um, you know, with yeah, no, hundred percent. I find training at home, as we've been talking about a few times, training at home is really hard. Yeah, and um, it was a really good podcast to just try and help you with that mindset. Oh, thanks, dude. 
Good to hear. Um, the quality is not fantastic on my one because I didn't have all this set up with my mic and whatever. I was just on my, I was just on my headphones. Um, but it was funny. Uh, the same thing happened that we started and we recorded <laughs> for around 20, 25 minutes. And he just went, mate, I haven't recorded any of this. <laughs> and we were like, oh mate. my God. So we... Like, is this where I break to you? I've not recorded. It. No, <laughs> oh my god! Then we just have forty minutes of only my voice on the podcast. Oh my god! Do you think people would still listen? Um, <laughs> yeah, just, just you long talking. Pauses. Maybe they could imagine they're having the conversation. With I was you. about to say it'd be like interactive. Like they have to just reply to my questions or or guess what question you asked. It'd be like what's what's that game show where it's like. What is, oh, uh, is you know, oh, what is it? Well, they tell you the answer and then the, the contestant has to say, what is such and such? Oh, no. I don't you know, know the one I mean, though, right? That'd I be do so know, funny. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but anyway, that happened. And then so we had to re-record. But we did just do the same, well, more or less, we did the same conversation in the way that we did the same topics. And you were saying you were worried yeah. about it feeling wooden. So it was quite tricky saying similar yeah. things again with the same gusto. But... It kind yeah. of was like a rehearsal. Like my answers to questions the second yeah. time around was so much better because it was like I had a test <laughs> run. And like I'm one of them people who I make I'm thinking and making my mind up and everything as I talk rather than before yeah. I talk. Me too. So yeah, by the second time around, I already had all this good stuff to say, and then it was yeah. more a matter of trying to remember good stuff to say <laughs> rather than come up with new stuff. So well, I I'm I'm hopeful that happens. I've also come up with a few things <clears> that I missed in the last one that I'm going to talk about. So yeah, yeah, no, um, there's a little plug for both of us there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, for, for my mate, like, I'm only I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'll go on there again. But do you know what I mean it's just a little? So uh, anyway, to find that guys, you just search "step out" on Spotify, and you'll find that. Quickly. Um, awesome. I guess we'll get awesome. to the main event, man. Let's talk about this main yeah, event. Yeah, this is it. So this is it. Oh my god! Like, so how is he the underdog? That's so frustrating. I like, can't believe. That. I know people were I ca- people were counting that. him out in the first fight because they were like, I mean, to be fair, like, look at the size of Ngannou. Like, just look at him. Oh, like, and I'm like, yeah, mate, fair and the play. way he's finished people before that fight. The way if we forget like what we've seen post that fight. I mean, even post that fight. But if you look at that run of people, he just was destroying. He was destroying people. The way he knocked out yeah. Alistair Overeem. Oh, it was terrifying. God. And I thought he was actually going to take his head off. Oh, honestly, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And I I, <clears throat> I can see why going into UFC 220, people are like, man, what, what what's Stipe going to do? What's Stipe yeah. going to do? But what he did was what a good what, champion, what champion does. does. Exactly, mate. One of the you highest know. fight IQs in the game. Like definitely, definitely in the heavyweight oh, division, he's probably got the highest fight IQ. Like if he loses, he comes back. I mean, he showed that with DC. He lost. He came back. He yeah. figured out and he smashed him. Yeah, so clever. I actually think he's one of the most underrated fighters in the. UFC I think the I think he's like, the best heavyweight champion the UFC's ever had. I don't think that's a question. I think I, I think I think he might be the best ever. Like I know people no. are going to be like. What about? Do you think better than Fedor Emelianenko? Oh, better. Oh, oh, do you just mean heavyweight? Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you just meant yeah. of like of all of the UFC. I was like, oh no, 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 no. GSP is the greatest of all time. Maybe, maybe no. GSP. See, it might be GSP. No. <laughs> GSP, Mighty Mouse, Anderson, not John Jones. You can't, you yeah, can't, yeah. you can't hit a pregnant woman with your car and run away and still be yeah, the best and champion. be on and be on gear even, and even if they're pulsating, yeah. regardless oh, what else pulsating. you take and still be the champion. But um, yeah, Silver, GSP, I, I Mighty Mouse, yeah, they're no. all in my running for greatest of all time. But Stipe, in my opinion, is like maybe in the conversation just because I think he's the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. Definitely, I he is. Definitely, he is. And he's... also, to be fair, to be fair. 
the heavyweight division, more so than any other division, is the one where anything can happen. Like, any anything of those can guys can knock out any of those guys. They're all yeah. so big yeah. and so heavy. It literally just takes yeah. one, like, glancing blow to shut your lights out. Like, so I it think, does, I think to, to have been the champ... I mean, there's a reason we've never seen... Uh, someone last that long as the champion in the heavyweight division before it's mm-hmm. because of how easy it is for a fight to end yeah um, you know it's crazy you yeah. look at the biggest example I guess of a fight can go any way in any direction was Kane versus Vadum you know yeah. everybody came into that fight thinking Kane and I know there's always this oh, sea level Kane. Kane though man sea level Kane I know sea level Kane is I a know. force you beat Mate. me to it I was going to bring this up, right? Because um, oh, you were talking about because when you were talking about the uh, the two uppercuts, the um, yeah, yeah, the Teixeira one from Rumble and that, and the yeah. Derek Lewis one, I was going to talk about Kane Velasquez's like ten meter horrific like double leg <laughs> rugby tackle, mate. It was literally like it was happening in slow motion when he got <laughs> choked out. I was like. I was like, what's he going for here? What's he doing? <laughs> no way is he going for that takedown. And then he just got put in like the easiest guillotine by Vadoom. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, I that's horrific. But I, I think he just, he just wanted out of that fight. Didn't he, he did. Mate? He, he did. just but did not want to be there. He was like, shows... get me back to sea level. Anything can be back to sea level. <laughs> get me off this fucking mountain. <laughs> it shows <laughs> anything can happen. <laughs> get me off this. This is too high for me, man. <laughs> mate, literally, literally, they were like, uh, you know, uh, Kane, do, do you think we should maybe go over there and train at altitude? And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, it, we'll know. do it live. <laughs> fuck we'll it, we'll, we'll do go. it live. We'll go it's the like... week off and we fight. <laughs> we <laughs> we go fight. the week off. Like, I really think, you know, you've got all these fucking professional trainers and they were like, I really think you should maybe try and adjust to the altitude. <laughs> nah, fuck it, we'll do it live. I'm Kane Velasquez. It's, ah. it's Kane Velasquez. I don't need to go there early. I'll beat Brock Lesnar. So, I, I think you do. Beat your ass. I think you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, does, it does show that anything can happen at any time. And obviously, going into this fight of course Ngannou <clears throat> could knock out Stipe of course, of course he could DC, DC did it but the major difference between DC and the way Ngannou knocked um, uh, hit people and knocked people out is Ngannou's this wild punches man yeah. they're like crazy like looking at his recent fights you know the way he knocked out I'm, I'm kind of gonna Curtis Blades and Cain Velasquez a little bit controversial but the way he knocked out JDS and Roven Stroop were just through sheer like just power just being power. a big power. geezer the way the I can't believe he's a betting underdog because the way in that first round there's a point where I was like this is going all the way to Stipe it's when Stipe's up against the fence and Ngannou's throwing he's throwing bombs and Stipe's head movement is just slipping amazing. all of them amazing he let Ngannou get tired didn't he yeah I cannot believe he's the betting underdog. I actually don't see a way Ngannou can win this fight unless he really changes the way he fights. And we haven't seen something because... Well, so he's been training a lot with Usman, hasn't he? Has he? Well, yeah, mate, have you not seen? Like, uh, To be fair, this might be one of the reasons he's he's done doing well in the uh, in the betting. It's because mm. um, he's been training loads and loads of wrestling with Usman because obviously Stipe... One of the best ways he wore out on Garner, if you rewatch the fight, hmm. he just kept pressing him against the yeah, cage and pressing Mate. him and like oh. t- tying him up, knackering out his arms. Obviously, you want to make that dude's arms tired so that everything he was throwing was in slow motion. Yeah. Once, because because Ngannou hit him with some good stuff in the first round, and we were like, oh Christ! But then from the second round onwards, you could just tell that Ngannou was just heavy, man. Like mm-hmm. you could just tell that his arms were led, and I think that was due to the the grab from Stipe. Obviously, Stipe is an amazing wrestler. Um, but I don't know, how, how much can you... I don't know, I don't know how long Ngannou's been training wrestling. Surely, ever since he lost... If it was me, 
ever since the loss, I would be like, right, got to fix that, mate. Got to fix yeah, that. Yeah, that Where's would Usman? be the focus, wouldn't it? But yeah. we have not been able to tell because he, since losing to Stipe, has only gone past the first round once, and that was against Derek Lewis, and that was yeah. one of the worst fights I've ever seen. So it it's really hard to tell what's changed in Ngannou's game because from from a from a glance, I guess nothing because it's exactly the yeah. same. He's knocking people dead. And that totally works. It yeah. totally works. He, he's touching people and they're going out. It is going to be interesting, man, because you've got you've got to believe that he's not going to go back in there and do the same thing. And like, I, th- I think what it's going to come down to is Ngannou's going to go in there and try and try and be as different as he can. He's going to try and do whatever he can. Have, having figured out how Stipe beat him, you know, with the yeah. clinching that he's going to do what he can. Yeah, Stipe is sort of at a disadvantage because he mm. doesn't know what Ngannou's bringing this time. It's true. But, it's true. And obviously, Stipe's got an amazing fight IQ and he can figure out what's going on in fight. So I guess yeah, it's a, a race against the clock for Ngannou to do whatever he is, whatever he can do that's new before mm-hmm. Stipe figures out what it is that he's doing. Would you say then if it goes past the first round, it's Stipe's? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't think Ngannou is going to knock him out past... I don't know. Maybe in the, I mean, second round is still relatively fresh, and yeah, I think I think once we're in the third round, yeah. I, I just do not think that Ngannou can take it. it I do really like Ngannou. I like Stipe too. It's 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 a good yeah. fight, you know. In terms of, there's nobody there that I'm like, God, I really want to see them lose. Like, you know, yeah. nobody's like Josh Koscheck. Um, I like Ngannou, man. It's cool. I like them both. Yeah, I he's like. A, him but he he's not got he's not got that. Uh, third, fourth and fifth round cardio. He, he just does not. And Stipe does. So if it gets to even if Ngannou wins rounds one and two, I still think he's lost it. If and he I, can't knock him out in the first two rounds, mm, I, I just don't think he can take it. I don't think I'm not saying this as a slant to Ngannou either, because I think is a really smart guy. You listen to him talk, you hear him in interviews, he's a really, mm. really smart guy. I don't think he has the same fight IQ as Stipe. He's no he, there's he's a different there's a fighter. big difference between intelligence and fight IQ. They're yeah. not the same. They're no. not the same. You get proper dopey guys who are like amazing fighters yeah. and figuring out what it is that you're doing, and then yeah. you get really smart guys who haven't got a clue. Do you know what I, I mean? Yeah. But um I just don't think he has the fight IQ. I think no. he's gonna go but, in but there. He's with inexperienced. He's not as experienced, is he? No. Um which to be fair, I think that's another thing that does so well for Ngannou. It's not just his power. Like mm. as you were saying, wild punches. Like, I mean, you you do jujitsu, you know, you've yeah. been training a while. A lot of people who train will agree. Some of the hardest guys to fight against are people who don't know what they're doing. But yeah, like, but, but because true. because you cannot predict what they're going to do. Like if mm. you're rolling with me, like you can tell when you're you know you're exposed for a triangle yeah. or a guillotine. You you know, oh, he's probably going to try this. He's probably going to do that. If I don't mm. know what I'm doing, you you've not got a fucking clue what I'm going to do. You've just no, got to true. completely guess and make it up on the whim. And then if you possess the power that Ngannou possesses, and you're not expecting you know jab cross hook you know mm. or two stepping jabs or whatever, you have no fucking clue what this guy's going to do. A big looping shot and he's going to hit you with his forearm but it's still powerful enough to knock you sideways like yeah. it's a hard dude to fight man that's a very hard thing to figure out and it's very true and I guess that shows how good Stipe is having beaten him because yeah, he was able to out. figure that out in, right. in the ring I guess to go through the card <laughs> in, a, yeah. in, a, in a quick way I guess who are you picking then in that fight to win if you had to pick Miocic, definitely. Yeah, because so, this is what this is what I was going to say, right? Because <laughs> obviously I'm a coach, and people are going to hear that and be like, "Oh, probably best that I don't train them because then I can beat all the fighters." And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you can't, because um, they will figure you out, and what you're doing is ridiculous. But yeah. it just presents a new challenge, is what I'm saying. But um, but Stipe mm. Miocic, especially having already fought Ngannou, 
knows what's coming. He knows what's coming, man. I, I, I don't think Ngannou's going to be able to land enough. He's definitely not going to put Stipe away in the first or second. And uh-huh. I think Stipe will take it either on decision yeah. or perhaps just, just beating on a tired Ngannou. Uh, yeah, I could see. I actually could see because Stipe's looked so good in his last yeah. two fights against DC. <clears throat> I could see I could see Stipe uh, finishing Ngannou. I could see that yeah. happening. Third or fourth round, like ground him a little out. TKO. TKO. A little, is he tired or did he actually just knock him down? Yeah, Probably yeah. just because he's tired. Yeah, yeah I, I see a TKO I could there. see that happening. Um, so I guess what, the question, what's your thing for the next fight? Oh, sorry, yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I mean, we, we can go through predictions, but I guess something we need to talk about then is, is Stipe versus John Jones. Ah, Stipe, let's do it. Let's do it <laughs> I really right, honestly, to win that. Honestly, man, like, because I think John Jones post USADA, right, because people think, you know, they talk about John Jones like he's current and he's relevant. It's like, dude, where's he been? He just doesn't mm. fight anymore. You never see him. No, Post USADA, he's just had dreadful fights. Like, yes. but he's he's just looked just average, like worthy of being at the top, but just average. His first fight post USADA was OSP, wasn't it? Yeah. O- OSP, like who's a great fighter? Um, he he broke his. It was either his hand or his he, forearm. He broke his forearm at the start of the first round. Yeah, and it was still just a close fight and John yeah, we watched that and I John remember wasn't both even of us being like, close what? to putting him away and we no. were just like hey, who's this guy and it's post USADA it's like oh no. you know you've not got your pills anymore mate like, no it's true I, just I really that. really want Stipe to win that fight that would yeah. be amazing like I, I, I just... and I think he would I just think he would I think he's a smarter fighter than John I think he's mm-hmm. it's a little bit bigger, but not really. Do you know what I mean? He's not. No. Stipe is a small heavyweight, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I just I think Stipe are doing, mate. And I, 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 hope so. I really hope so. I mean, hope that so. will have to be something we'll come back to in another podcast. I can't wait for John discussing. to lose, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally one of them fans, and it it winds me up because obviously the fighters know they're like whether you tune in to see me win or see me lose, you're tuning in. Yeah, they're and making it's like, money. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is obviously true, but whatever like, I, I but I want de- you to lose I desperately want it to <laughs> right when, when John Jones fights man even if I have BT Sport or whatever I'm going to stream that like I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to pay you man like Uncle Dana careful come, Dana, Dana like, Uncle Dana's you, listening to our conversation bro he's going to find us but, um, but yeah I just I hate the idea of John Jones getting my money like I, <laughs> I can't wait for him to lose bro let's go Steve, well I, I stand by I stand by for him being such a cheating like piece of shit and an actual not nice yeah, person. Right. He's just a horrific I stand person, by. Man. He still has a loss. It may be a disqualification, but it's still a loss. <laughs> He's still lost. Mate, I have this debate with people all the time, right? Because like I, I have this debate with people who support McGregor, uh, John Jones. Mm-hmm. Adesanya's a harsh one because you know he, he's not that bad a guy, really. I, I'm no, just not no, keen on him. I don't uh, think he's a bad guy. Col- just Colby, Colby Covington, um, like people who are fans of these fighters, and I just think I just can't. I, honestly, I can't wrap my head around it. I'm like, why? Like why? Like yeah. Like with, I mean, Kobe Covington in particular, I cannot understand. I've luckily not met anybody who is actually a fan of him. Yeah, it's I, difficult I to find. There are a few. You, when, when you're online, you find all sorts of people, don't you? But like, like for example, when we go back to McGregor being like in his prime, you know, when he, when he knocked out Jose Aldo, right in the, yeah, in the build yeah. up to the fight, I just couldn't believe that people were like fans of McGregor yeah. and couldn't wait for him to knock yeah. Jose Aldo out or whatever. I'm like, you've got one guy in Jose Aldo who like grew up in the slums and he only started yeah. fighting to like save money to be able to buy his mama house. And it's like, turns yeah. out he was really good at it. And then you've got this other yeah. guy who's like telling him he's going to like, kill his family and he's a dirty yeah. little foreign rat and all this horrific yeah, stuff yeah. and i'm like yeah to me that's just like oh well obviously i mean if it was a movie you'd be like oh okay so this guy's the good guy like this guy's the hero 
and yeah. this guy is yeah, the yeah. villain. Like yeah. he should be wearing yeah. <laughs> colourful clothes. Yeah, I he completely be agree with you, man. Dark clothes. You're preaching to the choir. It's, it's too you know? like but people actually support these guys. Like people support John Jones. They're like, Oh, he's the greatest of all time, like he's amazing. And I'm like It links eh, back what? to the wrestling thing though. That's the thing. This is a very American audience. Well, I guess a lot of people over here love Conor McGregor, but it's a very much linking back to what you were saying about the UFC becoming like WWE in a way. Yeah. People, for some reason, I mean, I never watched WWE. I was never into that as a kid. I just never clicked with it. But I know, you know, of WWE, and I know that heels, as it were, are way more popular than the faces of organizations. The bad guys always are more popular. Yeah. And I guess it's because they're seen as anti the establishment of the WWE or the UFC. But I think people have maybe got the wrong end of the stick with, say, Conor but McGregor or but John it's Jones. it's different because in WWE, it's all scripted. Like, it's all a joke. And, yeah. and when, you know, oh, Randy Savage is saying some shit about Ric Flair, it's like, Ric Flair's not a real dude. Like, that's a that's a character. That's a, <laughs> d- that's a guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like watching a movie yeah. and it's like... Oh, I don't like you, Snape. You're so mean to Harry Potter. And it's like, yeah, but he's not Snape, is he? He's Alan Rickman. He's a cool guy. Like, but, but when it's <laughs> when it's this, and Conor McGregor is talking about Al Khabib's a little Dagestani rat, and his dad's a terrorist, and all oh, this horrific stuff. Bad. And I'm like, it's really that's bad. That's real stuff. Like, that's real stuff. And actually, really it's racist. It's horrifically well. racist, like, it's really man. And, but then yeah, everyone's just awful. like, oh, ha ha. Like, he's just a funny guy. And I'm like, kill yourself. Mm. Like, die today, please. Get in the fucking sea. <laughs> get in the sea and like how he obviously threw the trolley and everyone's like oh yeah probably shouldn't have done that mate and then Khabib was like jumped into the crowd and somehow that's 10 times worse than throwing the trolley at a van someone got glass in their eye Michael Chiesa had to pull out his fight it's like dude yeah Ray Borg (laughs) anyway we could go on about that for ages man like my my thing as well is Conor McGregor is only relevant because people talk about him so I'm happy to end the conversation there and stop talking about it yeah I'm happy to talk about (laughs) Conor McGregor so predictions we're going Stipe yeah so who who I'm going Stipe definitely by TKO in the later rounds yeah I think TKO in fourth we're exactly the same on that one yeah, the, so the bigger one, which I actually think is really hard to call, is Volkanovski Ortega. I think that is a really hard fight to call. You got to choose though, man. Who are you saying? Hang on, do you want the odds? Well, I'll give you the bet three six five odds. So um, we'll find it. Then. Oh man, it's so so difficult. Or- Ortega. Ortega is the underdog, but it is quite close. Mm. Oh mate, that's really tricky. Mate, I'm saying Ortega. I'm saying my guy. Do you know? Do you know what? Let's then? Go. Do you know what? Like, as somebody who like. I jiu-jitsu is my sport. I love doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm going to go with Ortega as well. Mr. Guillotine, let's it's go. It's a guillotine. It's the guy. I think we're going to see a better Brian Ortega in a championship fight. I think perhaps, even though I don't think it was the, the lights that, that affected him, I think this is his second time at the championship. Yeah. He's probably going to be a bit more comfortable going in. And I think on top of that, He's not fighting a guy who's the same height as him. He's, yeah, he's yeah. fighting the shorter guy who he's used to fighting. Even though he's not used to someone as good as Volkanovski, he's used to the shorter guy, and that's yeah. who he's going against. So yeah, that's what I'm going for. Let's do it, Ortega. Let's go. And yeah. and also, I like that as much as I want Holloway to fight Volkanovski again and win, I want the division to keep moving. Like I'd like yeah, Holloway yeah. to get back on top because I love Max. Best that's the blessed. problem with the welterweight division at the moment. It's not moving. Yeah. It's not moving in a direction. Mm-hmm. It's kind of staying stale, which yeah. is, it's just, we need it to just move. Just fighting the same geezers again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so... So then we've so got... The- I'm saying Ortega, yeah. So, um, yeah. then, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a tricky one, man. Like, 
I'm going Luke. I mean, it's Woodley Luke. does Woodley does annoy me, so I think I kind of also want him to lose a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, do, I, I just do think he'll lose. I think I yeah. just don't think he's hungry for it anymore. I think I think that's it. I think he gets cut after this fight. And you know, it sounds really harsh, man. It sounds really harsh, but I think he knows. Even if he gets the title shot again, he's got nothing. I just I think yeah. he knows Usman's got his number. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that he was, knows that was horrific to watch. Yeah. That was complete whitewash. I think he knows everybody above him has his number. I think yeah. he knows that Kobe has his number because he lost. I think he knows. I think I think Jorge Masvidal would beat him. I think everybody above. No, come on, Masvidal's overhyped, man. I I there's a he is hyped, and if I see that knockout of Ben Askren again, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna get so they show that every fucking time. But in it, dude, I feel so bad. Like I don't like Ben Askren really, but I still feel bad for him, man. I'm like, why have you got to what? do him like that and just show it every time? The thing is, though. Ooh. Masvidal does beat Woodley because of the reasons you said. Woodley's not hungry for it. I don't yeah. think he's hungry for it. I hope he shows me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong and goes like, that's no. Fair, but I just, when you're up against bank. Woodley, I think Masvidal's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's go for it. Let's yeah. just say it's fine. That's, that's completely good. You know? <laughs> Mate, I'm, I did, right, I just had the most bizarre image in my head. I'm thinking what it must be like to be Ben Askren, right? <laughs> and like it'll be like if you just wake up first thing in the morning and as soon as you open your eyes I'm right in front of you be like dude do you remember when you just got like knocked clean out yeah. like like every morning and right before every he goes morning. to bed like right before he turns the light off someone's just like oh just quickly remember <laughs> remember how that guy just knocked you clean out I remember when he knocked you dead and That's then horrific man what an awful thing that he just has to live with now he seems like a pretty chill guy. I think, mate, he's, he's done really well. To be fair, he earned a lot of respect from me by just like the way he handled yeah. it afterwards and had a yeah. laugh with it. And I was like, yeah, fair play, you think... early freak. <laughs> I I think Ben Askren's the kind of guy who maybe sees the funnier side of things. I mean, it's hard, but like yeah. at the end of the day, well, you got he's... to, man. What what else yeah. can he do in that situation? Yeah. That's his only option is to just have a laugh. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. he just looks like a petulant child, doesn't he? Yeah. And then Sean O'Malley. <laughs> Let's go Thomas Almeida. Ryan. Let's go Almeida. I want the, I'm gonna, I'm I want going, the hype train I'm... derailed. Also, I'd like to see Sean O'Malley try and talk his way out of two losses. <laughs> <laughs> no, still undefeated. That one still was undefeated, because uh, I look like yeah. a clown and I can't yeah. fight well when I'm dressed I'm like undefeated. a clown. I'm actually going to, for one, we're going to differ on this one. This is the only one I'm going Sean O'Malley. Just because I think, Ooh. I feel bad for Thomas Almeida. I do really like him. Um, but I just think probably that it's time for him really I guess he, I know that sounds horrible but I the UFC keep cutting people left right and centre and I think this is maybe a, a moment that they go yeah you've lost four fights in a row you're gone that's fair man that's fair that's yeah. kind of sad but that's fair yeah I think Sean O'Malley even though he is hyped I think he's very good he has a lot of skills he's very very good on the feet he kind of overwhelms people Thomas Almeida's looking for that big knockout and yeah. his last three fights with like Jimmy Rivera he couldn't find it he was mm. hitting people and they, they, it wasn't hurting them. Yeah. And um, I just, I think that's probably, Sean O'Malley's going to look at that and be like, that's fine. Fair that's, enough, That's man. cool. Fair yeah. enough. Well, man, whilst we're there, because like, of Almeida, obviously, in his fight with Garbrandt, can we just very quickly talk about Cody Garbrandt? Yeah, yeah, um, of course. I mean, he's, because, he's just had a fight announced. Like, dude, like, of all the... Saying letdown is really harsh, but like of all the people to just absolutely waste their talent, mm. like he is amazing. Like he's he he might be the fastest fighter in all of MMA history. Mm. He's rapid and he's so good. But 
why does he brawl, man? Like they always say, like it, when he fights smart, like when oh, what he did to Dominic Cruz, madness. Jesus Christ, madness. that was horrific That's to madness. watch. But then he just gets into brawls. You see one guy who can fight like this, and he, he's dancing around, and you, you just can't touch him because you can't even see him. Mm-hmm. And then his, his corner always shouting him, "Don't brawl, don't brawl!" But he just sticks his, he just gets his head down, and he just starts swinging these stupid looping hooks. And then it's just, and then it's just any man's game. Once you, if if two guys just plant their feet and start swinging, it's just rock and sock and robots, and you've mm-hmm. no idea whose head's gonna pop. No, no it, it's so frustrating. It's, man. it's like, very I don't frustrating, know what particularly. To him. After, I think it's his ego. Happened, it's his ego, and I think the big part of it is, you know, you look at the fight with TJ. Both of those fights, the first round in both of those fights could have gone either way, and looked pretty much for Garbrandt in their first one. Um, but because he, I'm not saying that he would definitely beat TJ because TJ is very good, and we're going to see him come back too. Against, I'm saying he'd beat TJ, but go on, carry on. I mean, I, I, it's. <sighs> I would like to see that fight again, but the problem is why I don't think he will fight uh, beat TJ is because of his ego. He's done it yeah. twice now and done the exact same thing. And if you have a better-minded fight... The because... exact same thing, man. The exact... Yeah. No, oh, yeah. So what I'm saying is, yeah, TJ beats Garbrandt for sure, yeah. but intelligent... Gar... Like, Garbrandt with the mind of not an arrogant little child beats yeah, yeah. TJ. Like, he's the so. better fight Physically, the way he moves, his speed, yeah, yeah. his power, he's yeah, better. Yeah. And it's, well, mate, the, I think it was their first fight when, when TJ knocked him out. Um, yeah. Yeah, he did. Mate, it's so, it's so hilarious. If you watch it back, right, Cody Garbrandt's trying to throw this hook and, mm-hmm. and TJ lands a big shot and, like, mm-hmm. proper stuns Cody Garbrandt, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Cody goes, okay... I'm going to try that exact same thing again (laughs) (laughs) this time and just gets knocked out. He does the exact, literally, picture perfect. He doesn't even adjust his hand placement. Like, right, I got hit in the cheek, so maybe cover my cheek. He just does the exact same thing, big swing of his hands down, gets hit twice in the same spot and goes to sleep. And I'm like, dude, like... Oh, how can you? I don't. I don't understand how someone can be in the UFC with that low level of fight IQ when it's just like, hmm, brawling doesn't actually work thing. that well for me. Maybe it's I the should. crazy thing. He does have a good fight IQ. That's the crazy. He, he just doesn't can't. use it. Yeah, he doesn't use he just it. Just doesn't use he's, it. He's too arrogant. His the ego. The way gets he danced around Dominic Cruz shows that he has a good fight IQ. Yeah. But against TJ Dillashaw twice, and it may be the grudge match. That might be why there was a lot of motion. Yeah. In. But then. The same thing when he fought, um, what's his face? Oh, God. And he got knocked out again. Um, and it was brutal again. Um, oh, Pedro Munoz. Yeah. He got knocked out in the exact same way. Yeah. He stuck his feet down. And so he got frustrating, man. It just became a crazy brawl yeah. for some reason. And I, for a lot of that first round, um, because it was only one round, for a lot of that first round, he was actually outpacing Munoz. Yeah. And for some reason, he just was like, yeah, I'm going to stand and bang now. I think maybe he's coming back against Rob Font, who's a really good fighter, who's on the up, just beat Marlon Morales. Mm. You know, three losses like that from an undefeated fighter. And I guess it's what Dan Hardy's talking about. You, you go 11-0 and 0 and you beat the champion and you become yeah. champion after being signed by the UFC in under a year. A guy who you predicted to be champion. Oh, do you remember? Guy... I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, I do. When we very yeah, first yeah, yeah. saw him fight on a prelim, I was like, that guy's yeah. going to be the champion. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, with, Dan Hardy always says, you look at that record, 11-0. and 0. I mean, he doesn't say this about just uh, Carbrand. I want to make that clear. He's not sat there just saying this about Carbrand. But he says this about all fighters with an O on their record. Yeah. 
it shows that they've never had a moment where they've had like a huge adversity in MMA. Yeah. Now, they may have had it in their amateur fights or they may have had it in their kickboxing, like, you know, Israel Adesanya. But when they're in the ring in MMA, they've not had somebody yet that's shown them that they're not as good as they think yeah. they are. Whereas he's had three losses in a row now um, and then one win. And those two losses, maybe in his head, he thought... I lost because of my emotions against TJ. But then he's lost against Pedro Munoz in a similar way. Maybe he's steadying the ship to be like, right, I need to learn from those losses. I can't do that. Hopefully, I cannot man. stand Hopefully. That. Well, I say hopefully. Like, I say hopefully in the way that it'd be nice to see such a talented person realise their yes, talent and I make agree. the necessary yeah, adjustments. You know, but, he's so but then talented. to the same extent, he's so frustrating that it's like, if he just... Yeah keeps losing i'll be like okay like good there's another arrogant guy who can just go away but it would be nice to see like an extreme you just want to see what people are capable of don't you someone with so much potential it's like okay let's see like imagine if usain bolt was just like nah like i'm not bothered about like improving my technique it's like oh but you could be so fast like you could just want to see it you just want to see it like well we could be at a point where we do see tj versus cody again because tj's coming back against Corey sandheiger a really really dangerous fight Corey coming off a nuts knockout that's a dangerous fight for dillashaw because Corey sandhager is like dangerous i mean again he's one of them ones where like if you're an mma fan it's like yeah Corey sandhager but like mate you'd stop someone on the street they don't know who that guy is is, but they yeah. might know TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, so. yeah. And if San, I mean, if he beats San Hager and Corey beats uh, Rob Font, um, I Cody, sorry, Corey. Uh, yeah. If Cody beats Rob Font, I think you could be like you two fight to see who's going to fight uh, Peter Yan or Angermain Sterling after they do their rematch. Yeah. Um, because I do genuinely think these two fights we're going to see here for the bantamweights are basically one of you guys is going to face the champion. Yeah, um, and a TJ Algermain Sterling, man, oh. the people's champ, <laughs> people's champ, it's the people's champ. Yeah. Fair, I, and, I do... fair and square, bro. He really I pulled mean, out the DQ. rule book, didn't he? He really pulled out the rule book. It was just like there must be some way for me to win. Um, <laughs> nah, but obviously, I... what the fuck was Yan doing, man? Like, mate, the, insane. The Why did he do that? The thing for me was like, yeah, you can get caught up in a fight and like, oh, his head's right in front of you, your knees right there, and like in the split second, you're like, quick. He didn't. He looked at him for like what felt like an eternity. Like, yeah, it probably, yeah. if I watch it back, it probably wasn't that long. But when I was watching it, it felt like it was like three I, seconds of inactivity I, of him just looking <laughs> at his head, going, I'm going to plant one right on you, mate. Like, you have well, no idea. It's funny you <laughs> say that because I was watching it live with my flatmate and I was watching it. And in my head, I was like, he's going to throw a knee, isn't he? And he's then he it. did it. He's gonna and it. I was like, Oh my god. The fact that you had enough time to stop and think, that's probably what he's gonna do right there. Shows how much I mean you had time to think about it, so so did he. So why did he do it? Absolute madness. I cannot especially like I like Angermain Sterling and I wanted Angermain to win that fight. I I did. I I wanted him to win. Yeah. But not that way. It's not that I dislike Yan. (laughs) No. I like Yan as well. And Yan's really like, damn man, like he, oh, yeah, he did win. He you did know, win. sorry, it just clicked what you said. He did win. Yeah. I got what I wanted, uh, <laughs> but no. But at what um, cost? <laughs> at what cost? Um, I, I do think Yan's a great fighter, and I think yeah. in that fight before that knee, he was show, he was scoring. He was winning, dude. Point, he was like, like it was Mate. a good fight, and obviously, like until the final bell rings, you know, there's a chance for anyone in a fight. But like, he was, he was fucking whooping him. Yeah, he was doing yeah. him. And it's it's crazy because I was saying I think you know going into if they have their rematch um, 
soon. I think Sterling could win that fight, in fairness to him, because I think Sterling was doing really well. He just needs to make adjustments. I don't think it was that Peter Yan was so far ahead of him. I just think it was almost as if maybe it was the bright light thing. No, Sterling mate. was leaping around. Just he was falling over himself. He was. It like, was strange. He, he did have Bambi legs a little bit, didn't he? Which, yeah. which might be the lights. Yeah. I because I think about him versus Pedro Munoz, which was like a masterclass. He was so composed. He was boxing his face off. He was like all over him, man. He was so good. But then in this, he was just like leaping around, and and as the commentary said, and I, I said it myself, he can't keep that pace. Nobody can keep that pace. No That's one insane. can. Yeah. Especially uh, with that fight adrenaline. like People will be thinking, oh, it's not that hard. But yeah, there's a difference oh, between being out in your garden jumping about and then like getting all of that adrenaline yeah. in a big I event. Mean, like, yeah. I, I, when I uh, competed in jiu-jitsu, the first match I had, um, the guy, really good guy, like I'm not discrediting like how good he is. Um, but I, I don't know really how good I was in that situation because I was so full of adrenaline, man. Yeah, I just could, I just couldn't think straight about what I was doing. I was just yeah. like, my heart was just like Jesus. And obviously, I'm doing jujitsu. I'm not going in a ring to get boxed either. <laughs> like, it's you're not getting like going into the UFC for a bantamweight championship, greatest like monicum in all of sport of combat sport. Yeah, he must have been heart pounding, and then to be leaping around like that. I, I honestly, I just think if he adjusted a bit, he could beat Peter Yan. I think he does have the ability to. But Yan, just man, he it shows the difference in a champion until he threw that knee, which I don't know why he did. Madness, I'm not sure what was happening there. <laughs> I or... have no idea. He was saying he was watching his hands, which I was like, if you were watching his hands, surely you should could see. Yeah, you saw that it wasn't okay. Yeah, so yeah. strange. <laughs> I um, don't understand. Mate, I just had a, such a bizarre thought. So hmm. remember you were telling me about those events you went to in London where you go and they like do a recreation of a movie. And it's yes, like a secret cinema. Secret cinema, yeah. And what what did you see? I saw Blade Runner, which was amazing. Yeah. Like that was like one of the <laughs> best experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Then I saw James Bond, Casino Royale, which was eh, okay. And then we did Stranger Things, which was amazing. And so just before I share what my funny thought was, would you mind just briefly explaining roughly what goes on at these events? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so what you do what you do is I don't know what you're gonna say, mate. I've no Come idea. On. So what you do is you uh, buy a ticket for the event. You can get three different like stages of it. I totally recommend looking them up online because they're amazing. Um, and <clears throat> you get a character, and you have to basically dress up as somebody from that. So Stranger Things, you know, I can't remember what my character was, but basically dress up as somebody from the 1980s, you know. And then you go in, and they're usually in a warehouse or in a big field. Um, oh, yeah, we did Romeo and Juliet as well. Um, and you then they rebuild the sets that are in the film or TV show. And then you go through this world where you're getting to go to, say, a shop that's in the film or a character. You'll meet characters or actors who are playing those characters from the film, too. Um, so it's basically an immersion, immersion, immersive, yeah, like you're in the um, movie, experience. right? Yeah, because yeah. we were we were laughing about <laughs> we were laughing about Shawshank Redemption. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> and like how how we were saying, do not go to the bathroom or anything. Like if if you go to the Shawshank Redemption immersion. But what I was thinking just a minute ago was like, uh, you've got uh, never back down. 
and warrior and here comes the boom and i just had this such funny thought of like you going to this like immersive what do you call it secret cinema <laughs> and just someone just beating the living shit out of you like, just like <laughs> welcome to warrior you prick <laughs> <laughs> like Tom Hardy's just there all jacked and just beats the shit out of you. It's like, yeah, that was really good. That was, that was... And you get up, you get up and you're bleeding. You're like, best hundred <laughs> yeah, that's, it, that's, it. that's exactly what it must have been like to be in the film. Got it. Fantastic. Oh, mate. Yeah. Amazing. Mm, Amazing. Perfect. I just no, thought I'd bring good. that up because that, that was in my head and I was just like, well, I can't just sit here and giggle and <laughs> what we say <laughs> isn't funny. <laughs> like, oh, man. Interested guy. So, uh, with, with, I guess the end of we were talking about this before just briefly and i guess it's a good way to to round things up here because we were talking about this at the beginning if you did have to pick a top five champions who would they be like the top five champions current or of we all were talking time. about well yeah we were talking about khabib and there's like <clears throat> people who talk about and i think you know i think you see it a lot from mcgregor fans because obviously i think a lot of mcgregor fans don't want to accept that you know he got dominated by khabib but a lot of people talk about the fact that Khabib's had four title wins rather than, you know, say, George St. Pierre, who's had like 13, and, you know, Amanda Nunes. And, oh, Amanda Nunes, you know, yeah, of course, needs to be considered. Amanda Nunes, man. Maybe, make, arguably, yeah, I can make a really good argument for her being the best. She's so good. But it, it's, it's, people say, oh, Khabib, he's only had four. So I wondered what your positioning of the greatest champions are and what's your thoughts on people who say that, because I don't think that's strictly true. He may not be the most winningest champion, but I think in terms of the fighters to who have been a champion, he's one of the greatest of all time in my opinion. Khabib. Yeah. Yeah, too, right. I mean, I, I literally, this is a debate I was having, it was either yesterday or the day before as well, with one of my clients. Like, I just don't... Like, what else does Khabib have to do to prove... Like, he's beaten... I mean, yeah, he hasn't fought Ferguson uh, or Oliveira or Chandler, but they're all new to that top... They're all new to the top ten. Chandler's only just yeah. come over from Bellator. Oliveira came out of nowhere. Ferguson lost mm-hmm. twice. They've tried to set that fight up. It's not like Khabib was running. They tried to set it up. Like, if any fighter sticks around long enough, you're going to get new talent. No matter yeah. what point you leave... I mean, look at Ronda Rousey, right? She cleared out the whole division, and then just randomly, they were like, well... Holly Holm, I guess. And she was like, was she even ranked? She was like... I think she was like eighth yeah, well, or seventh She, she or was just like, she was just so far down. They were like, guess she's getting a fight. And I remember all the other fighters being annoyed. They were like, why is she getting the title shot? Mm-hmm. And, and look, mm-hmm. boom, knocked her out. So it can happen. But at what point can you leave and say, look, I've done the whole division? There's always going to be doubt. So Khabib stepped out and people have been like, oh yeah, well, he needs to do that. Mate, fuck off. He doesn't need to do anything. He's beaten Poirier, who was champ, McGregor, who was champ, Gagey, who's beaten mm-hmm. champs. Like, who else does he have to fucking beat? Um, so, yeah. 100%. And people like to say, oh, yeah, but he was fighting a load of nobodies. Mate, that's how you start your career. Like, if, if you just decided to say, you know what, I want to be a professional MMA fighter, your first fight isn't going to be with fucking Charles Oliveira. It's going to be with some nobody from the, the town near you. You know I mean, yeah. and then you, you got you got to do a handful of them before someone finds you. And you know, Khabib was fighting you know the best Russian guys, just guys over there. You know what I mean? And then and then uh-huh. the UFC found him. They were like, "This geezer's good." And yeah, he was fucking good. His run in the UFC was still thirteen wins in the UFC, which is on par with um, I think Anderson Silva, GSP are the only ones to equal that. Yeah, John yeah. Jones has got more, but yeah. I don't count John Jones. Um, but like, yeah. I'm sorry, but his, his UFC. Uh, uh, win streak matches GSP and Anderson Silva, who were one hundred percent in the run in for greatest of all time. So, so, so my yeah, my definitely. five, 
not in order because I think that's very difficult, would be Anderson yeah, Silva, difficult. George St. Pierre, Khabib, Mighty Mouse, and Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I think we've got the same five. I think it, somebody my uh, flatmate brought <clears> up, and I it's a really good argument for him, is Randy Couture. Because he he was a uh, he was a champion yeah. at forty, like <laughs> to yeah. be a champion at that age. Yeah, I know, I know, and like it, it is impressive, but too too bad, man. Like should have started. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I know he started like right near the beginning. I can't remember which UFC it was. He came in very early. He was, he was right at the beginning. Very early. Um, but you know what I mean? I I don't know, but because then it's just an unknown. Like, oh yeah, mm. but he might have been amazing in his twenties or so. Yeah, maybe. Like we don't know that though, so it's hard to. Mm-hmm. It's hard to consider because we don't know that. Um, other guys I'd have at the top. Um, I mean, BJ Penn would be somewhere near the top. Uh, Daniel Cormier would be somewhere near the top. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, I mean, even Ronda Rousey, man. I mean, I, she went out horrifically. Like, yeah, obviously, brutal. Holly Holm knocked brutal. her sideways. Amanda Nunes, I don't even think, oh. got touched by her. She just made her look a right mug. But That was you, awful. But you can't... And I, and I don't like Ronda Rousey. I think she's a knob. But you can't deny that her run her, was incredible. Yeah. And what she did for sport as yeah. well. So yeah, you, you can't. There's what, no denying that. Do you know what I mean? What uh, we at, one maybe... point, at one point, wasn't she called the most dominant athlete in yeah, any she sport? Was. She was. Yeah, I and I was you, like, USPN, man, that's that, that's it? insane. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. So fair. I what we should maybe that's do? It, yeah. or ESPN, ESPN, uh, ESPN said that. I what we should maybe do, and this may be a future podcast, and, and maybe we could do it mm. each week at the end, is do a like Grand Prix of champions. And put champions against champions. So the number one seeds of champions versus, say, the 20th. And then we can get to a competition at the end through just us talking who we think and maybe put it to the listeners. You vote on who you think would win. In, That's a good uh, idea. In, in a match-off, <laughs> say, the number one seed. I'm just going to say this because it's okay, my number one. So GSP. Fight, fight number one, Cain Velasquez, Mighty Mouse. Who wins? <laughs> <laughs> pound for pound. We've got to do it pound for pound. Yeah, so pound for like, pound. Yeah. Pound for pound. Not literal. Like, if, I mean, we did that <laughs> on uh, UFC Undisputed. Oh, it was you so funny. Mate, was UFC amazing. Undisputed was so much better than EA UFC, in my opinion. Yeah, like, it was. What a game. Anyway, um, anyway. Dude, the pound for pound thing is so tricky, though. Like it's so tricky. Like you look at a big dude, like like you look at Miocic, right? He's fast for a heavyweight. Like you cannot compare Demetrius Johnson and Cody Garbrandt, uh, Cody Garbrandt and Tegan. That is a different dude. It's a completely. It's a different species. Do you know what I mean? They're so drastically mm-hmm. different. Of course, that massive two hundred and six, two hundred and twenty, whatever he weighs in it, is going to. Um, he's not going to be leaping about and spinning back kicks and jumping up. You know what I mean, it's so hard to think of a pound for pound. How on earth do you like imagine adding fifty pounds to Demetrius Johnson or taking away fifty pounds from? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I mean, we'll, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, dude, have to yeah, we'll do it. it. We'll do, we'll, we'll do it. But when people try to talk about the pound for pound, to be honest, I do think it's silly that the UFC has a pound for pound ranking because I just think that's a silly thing. Yeah, it doesn't it make any sense. How can you compare weird. these people? It does make sense. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, Especially when they're just in awesome, vastly man. different divisions. I love Mighty Mouse, but no one can ever try to convince me that the flyweight division is as competitive as lightweight, middleweight, light heavyweight. No, lightweight and middleweight, welterweight used to be, but those ones are the most competitive. Yeah. It's crazy it's how mad, competitive man. they are. Um, and, then, and then obviously um, heavyweight, like, even if the competition might be lower because there's not as many massive dudes you want to fight, there's always the chance that you're just going to get knocked clean out because everyone's massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought just before we go, mm. if there's anything uh, you wanted to recommend that you've been watching, either fight or non-fight wise, something I was going to mention is on YouTube. 
if uh, you're missing the itch of watching jujitsu and things like that due to uh, you know the current apocalypse we're living through, okay. <laughs> uh, there's something called PGF, uh, which is the uh, submission grappling competition. It's kind of a weird one. They're kind of running it as like two teams, so red team and blue team are competing against each other, and they get points based on submissions and who submits who. Um, but it's really fun. It's really entertaining, uh, and I really recommend it. It's just on YouTube if you just uh, look up PGF. It's really, really good to watch and just fun, to be honest. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, nice one, dude. Um, Yeah, I do have a really good recommendation, um, actually. Uh, A friend of mine who we will hopefully have on the podcast really soon. I've spoken to him, said he's he's well up for it. Um, A friend of mine called Scott McHugh. Uh, is he's a pro bare knuckle boxer and he has a a british title fight next saturday march the 27th amazing Um, so you can watch that if you go to the bare knuckle boxing website so it's www.bkbworld.co.uk you'll be able to find out how to watch that mate that'll be that'll be mad like these dudes these dudes go for it like it's boxing you know it's not it's not kickboxing um, but it's bare knuckle they wear they wear tape but they have their knuckles exposed Dude, like those fights are crazy. It's crazy. Watch. Like it's crazy. It's they, crazy. They've got some heart. Man, man. I'd love they've to talk got some to heart. Well, dude, we're gonna have him on. He, he's bang up for it. He's got hilarious stories. I used to train with him in Leeds, and we used to we used to do mm. Muay Thai together. Um, right. I was teaching him a little bit of jujitsu as well because he, he had a couple of MMA scraps. Um, but dude, like he's got mad heart. Like and yeah, uh, he's gonna win, dude. Like if you want to put your money somewhere, to. if you I can find a bookie that will take your bare knuckle boxing bets, get some money on McHugh, man. He, he just does not go down. Man, tough kid. Well, we're backing him for certain. We're backing him for certain. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Sweet. Fantastic. He's also the guy who's running the event in July that some of my guys will be competing on. Oh yeah, amazing. We'll definitely be talking about so that in the we'll future have him on. too. So it'd be Lovely. great to have him on. Amazing. Yeah, guys, so check out that. So what was yours? Sorry, on YouTube again. What was yours? Mine was PGF. It's just a submission grappling. PGF. It's just you You just look at that up. It's it's nothing like huge. It's not like, uh, say, Polaris or something like that. But yeah. it's just a fun. They're doing it week by week. So different competition every week. Totally recommend it. It's it's nothing. I don't know anybody on it or anything <clears> like that. It's just I've been watching it as a jujitsu enthusiast. And it's actually cool. really fun. You get to watch. Uh, it's quite The camera is really good as well because it's very close to the action. So you get to see okay. the submission attempts and how they're doing it. So it's really good. Nice. Well, I'll definitely check that out, man. Cheers. And um, mine, just once more for people listening, it was um, if you go to www.bkbworld.co.uk and uh, you're, you're looking out for Scott McHugh. He's got a British title fight. I'm going to be watching that for certain. Nice one. Cool. Amazing. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, I guess that's it. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs> we don't we'll know what see it's you gonna, next time. <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be about or even perhaps when it's going to be. We'll, we'll get another one out as soon as we can, I guess. We're, we're aiming yeah. for minimum one a month, I think, aren't we, And Hopefully we can do more Yeah, frequently. minimum one a month, but uh, it, it just depends, obviously, on work and, yeah. and uh, training and sure. life getting back to normal. But what I'm hoping is once a month minimum, but maybe every other week, you know, every yeah. two weeks would be great. Crossed, it man. just depends how we can do it. I've got so much stuff written down that I wanted to talk about, like so many topics. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about one of the topics that I've written down. <laughs> like, we, we were just talking so much about the event that all of my I mean, topics are just not come in i'm reading through them now and we just haven't even mentioned one (laughs) well it's going to be great to go back and actually talk about those things it's like when you've got a big card like this coming up it's of course going to be like a major thing you're going to talk about but it'll be great to go back talk about those things too lovely 
cool right guys so yeah that's our that's our first ever podcast hopefully you enjoyed it um yeah thanks for tuning in yeah you'll be able to find us wherever you get your podcast uh, we'll be there um if you have any questions yeah. again you can email us um our email is combat casuals at outlook.com uh, you can find you can find either of us on instagram um I, i'm easy to yeah. find i'm dna.uk or you can search ian lunny you'll be able to find him if you want to ask us some yeah. questions but yeah hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you next time yeah Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Combat Casuals podcast. To get involved with the ultimate fighting conversation, email us at combatcasuals at outlook.com. We can answer your questions in our next podcast. Or perhaps even have you on the show. Be sure to follow or subscribe or support us however you can. Thank you to Me Against the World for our theme music. Catch you next time.